0: Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. You guys, listen, you you don't want to miss next week. Burgers and bogeys. Come on, Dads, it's going to be an awesome, awesome week. And then, and then real quick, if you haven't signed up for Connect Groups yet, you can get signed up in our lobby at Connection. Please listen to me. We really believe that life change happens in the context of relationships. And so, so if, you're, if you're looking for life change and got to do something amazing in your life, it, powerful things happen in here. Come on, the God of miracles is in this place. Jesus is here and anything can happen. But I'm telling you, when you get into relationship and you get connected, God begins to do some things in your life that He won't do in a large crowd. And so I just want to encourage you, sign up for Connect groups? How many guys are ready for the Word today? Yeah. Yes, we're going to jump into the Word. I'm so thankful just that you're here. Summer is here, and uh, you guys are looking good. You got your summer clothes on, and uh, the weather's looking good outside. And y'all got plans for today. And this Word is going to change your life. I think that sometimes in the summer it's easy to kind of ease back on our on our spiritual walk, or ease back on some of the things that that God's wanting to do in our life. And so. I'm going to look at a parable in uh, Matthew, uh, but the context for this story um, is, is basically in, in, in Matthew 24, uh, Jesus says that, that, that some things are going to happen in the end of times. And he, and he starts talking about the temple being destroyed and some different uh, scenarios taking place. And the disciples are obviously curious and they go to him, and they say, hey, when's all this going to happen? And what are the signs of the times? Come on. How many of you asked this what are the signs of the times in the last year and a half? Like, God, what when's it all what's happening like in the earth? Like, I think we're in some of those types of times, and they were in, in this time as well. And they're like, God, what's going on? And they're asking Jesus, and, and Jesus gives them this these parables and stories, and he says, you know, it's not for you to know the times and seasons, but the Father knows and he, he talks about enduring and the kingdom's going to come and, and he tells us to be ready. And then and then chapter 25, he goes into many parables about being ready. He goes into some thoughts about, about um, you know, uh, talents and what we're supposed to do as we're waiting on the, Lord, the Lord's return. I mean, you know, we're, we're waiting on his return. We're, the Bible says that, that we cry out and we eagerly desire for his return. Sometimes you, you, you know, I know people kind of feel guilty, like, you know, like oh, I just wanna, I want God to come back. No, the Bible in Revelation says that, that the Spirit and the bride cry, come, Jesus. Like, like there's a cry in our heart, in, in God's kid's heart, going, come back, Dad. You know, there's a cry from the Holy Spirit, come back, Jesus. There's this, there's this cry, and so, so I think that, that Jesus gives us some kind of a prescription of what to do as we wait. And so in Matthew 25, here's one of the parables, and I really, uh, just the Lord put this on my heart today, and before I jump into this, I don't, I don't, it just hit my spirit, as I was worshiping back there in the back, I love to see a church that worships, come on, thank you guys for worshiping, can you give yourself a hand for <laughs> worshiping Jesus, coming into a big room with a lot of people, and if you're new here, come on, we worship Jesus each week, we, we sing loud, we're a loud church, come on, God's kingdom's loud, and, uh, and we lift our hands, and we engage, and and we believe God to, to be a full contact sport in worship. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all were cheering for the baseball team and you're cheering for football teams and you come into church and you're like, it's just got to be so quiet. But you don't, you, don't, you don't do that with other activities in your life. And so, you know, you'll be like, well, I'm just not an, an emotional person. No, you're emotional about different stuff. You're not emotional about God. <laughs> so, so, we, so we worship hard and strong. But let me just say this to you. It, as, as I was sitting back there, the Lord told me to tell somebody, you can't please everyone. And, and he wants you just to know that you, your call and, your, and your, your purpose is to please him. And so some of you are so worn out and so tired because you're trying to please everybody. And God said, just let them know that their only desire and only job is to please me. And so just live for him and live for his call. That's why, that's why we worship the way we do. Not, we don't, we don't try to impress each other as we worship and put our, no, no, no. We worship to please him. And so I want to encourage you to take some weight off your shoulders as we jump into the word. Come on, you can't please everybody and it's not your job to, you don't have to. Matthew 25 verse one, it says, then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now, five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, everybody say delayed. Delayed. They all slumbered and slept. All of them slumbered, all of them slept. The wise and the foolish, they all took a nap. And at midnight a cry was heard, behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, no, man, aren't y'all Christians (laughs) No, lest there should be not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open up to us. But he answered and said, it's surely I say to you, I do not know you watch. Therefore, Jesus said, be awake, aroused from sleep. Watch, be aroused from sleep. That's what watch means. Be awake, be aroused from sleep. For you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Watch therefore. My title for today is, is just kind of a cheesy dad title. You snooze, you lose. You snooze, you lose. Father, thank you so much that uh, you are coming back. That you, your return is a, is a great hope of ours. And that um, you, uh, not coming quickly is not indifference. It's not... Uh, a lack of care that it's actually giving everyone a chance to repent and turn to you you're patient you're long suffering you're slow to anger and you're waiting for humanity to get to know you you're waiting for your kids to tell about you you're waiting uh until all have heard god we thank you that there is a delay but lord it's for purpose it's a it's a time and a season until we see you again god help us empower us strengthen us as we wait on you in jesus mighty name amen you snooze, you lose. Who, who in here uh, uses the snooze button? Any, any snooze button people? I know, I know. I, I, I'm kind of. I have an on-off relationship with the snooze button, and uh, I don't. I don't really like the snoo- the snooze button's a lie. It's a it's a great lie. Uh, there's no science behind it. I, I think if you study it, the science would probably show that you're worse off. It's like it's five to seven minutes of extra sleep, right? And, and so for some reason, you actually think you're getting more sleep. But when you hit the snooze button, you are like anxious. You're tossing and turning. Like You, you know it's about to go off. You're like barely asleep, but you, you know it's, a, and it buzzes and wakes you up. You're, you're, you're irritated. You're turn, you, and then like, you know, wow, great. I got four minutes more sleep. Woo, you know, there's, there's no, you're, you're, you actually, it's actually dangerous because it gives you a false sense of rest. It's not restful. Come on, every time I use the snooze button, man, it's not restful. I'm anxious. I'm irritated. I'm just, I'm like half asleep waiting for that thing to go off. And I know that it's not going to go off. And my life is just drug out that morning. You know, it's like, just get your feet up, put your feet on the floor, get a little verse in you, read the Bible and get going. You know what I mean? And uh, I was in college and my roommate in fraternity house, come on, that, I'm not, that's a whole other story uh, in itself, but right across the hall, uh, my roommate, one of my best friends, uh, Tony, um, he would use the snooze button and for obvious and different reasons, he would never wake up to the snooze button uh, in a fraternity house, right? And so, so I was across the hall and the snooze button would go off, he would, he would hit that thing and it would go hours and hours i mean literally the thing would go off and finally one morning i got so frustrated and so angry i went across the hallway kind of kicked his door in and and i had this was i didn't think this out i was i was half asleep and i had a pair of scissors and i cut the electrical cord on his on his alarm clock and it blew my hand back and, and exploded the scissors in half <laughs> i was like that's not a good idea Let's don't do that next time i could have just i was dramatic come on a little dramatic effect i should have just pulled the plug right my, my point is my point is that sometimes when we hit the snooze button spiritually over and over and over, we're anxious, we're tired, we're, uh, others are angry at us. You know, it's easy to get uh, thinking that we've gotten rest and we really haven't gotten rest. And, and, and in this story, the disciples, there's this delay. And, and sometimes, hear me, delay can be dangerous because it, t- it causes us to hit the snooze on our spiritual walk-off. And so when Jesus isn't doing what we think or there's this delay in our life or he's not coming back quickly, we can tend to snooze. And, and the reality is the reason the early church was so effective is because they thought Jesus was coming back next week. They, they were effective because they believed, man, when are you coming back? Lord, is it tomorrow? When is it? And they had this, 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 this uh, urgency about their life that, man, he could come back any day, any moment. I'm doing, a, I'm doing a funeral tonight in an amazing family that I love very much. And um, one, the, the grandmother of the family passed away. And, and I was t- hearing one of the stories of one of the grandkids. And he said that she always said to me every time, he, 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 Jesus could come back today. Every day, every time you were around her, Jesus could come back today. Jesus could come back today. And he says, you know what it did? It burnt inside of me a compass that no matter how far I strayed in my life, no matter how bad I messed up, I knew, like, man, Jesus could come back today. Like, I need to get my stuff together. You know what I'm saying? And so, and so I think it's important for us to go, okay, uh, sometimes there's a delay. The story's about ten virgins, these ten that were waiting, and they had this, this um, these lamps. And really, in, in, in ancient times, the way weddings took place, they would take place at night. And so the groom would show up at an unannounced hour in the night. There was three phases to a wedding. In the wedding phase, you would have the, the bridal party or these ten virgins and uh, and they would have ten lamps and there's no big significance about ten. Uh, studied it a little bit. It's just there was just that was the number that they usually used in these weddings. And so these these um, br- the bridal party would be somewhere waiting on the bridegroom, waiting on Jesus. It's a picture of Jesus and us, and they're waiting on him and they've got these lamps and they don't know when he's going to show up. And then sometime in the night he shows up and the, and he's announced and they come out and they meet him with the lamps and they actually march through the city with the lamps to where the the bride would be into where the wedding's gonna take place. And as they march through the city, other pieces of the party, other people begin to join the processional down through the city gates. It's a cool, uh, if you've never seen like a Jewish wedding like that, you can even look it up online. Like there was one in LA I just saw online and like it's this huge processional of all these different people and people are joining them as they march to where the wedding's gonna take place. That's kind of what's happening here. And and they've all got these lamps, they're all waiting. And they're prepared, but five don't have oil, five have oil. They all have lamps, they all got light, and five are called wise and five are called foolish. They all take this nap waiting on the Lord, and they're all believing for him to show up at some time. Eventually, one group has their light go out because they have no extra oil. And so the Bible says that, listen, some are foolish and some are wise. They all take a nap. Come on, naps are good. Amen? They all take a nap. The five that run out of oil, Jesus shows up at midnight. There's this loud cry in the midnight moment. They all run out to meet him and the five beg for oil. The other five say, no, you can't have any. Go get some of your own. They come back to where, to where Jesus is after they get their own. They miss the moment. They beg God to get into the wedding and God says, no, I never knew you. Be ready. It's an intense story. And it's a, it's a story about him and us and our relationship with him. And I don't know, I think, I, I just want to encourage some of you, have you ever felt like God uh, was running late? I don't know if you're, I mean, are you human? Like sometimes you ever feel like God was like delaying? Like, like God, where are you? You ever been in this, a midnight moment, God? I don't, it's just like, you're not showing up and I'm expecting for you to show up. And I just wanted to encourage some people today. My assignment today is just to encourage you. If you feel like you've been waiting on the Lord in a delay, if you've been feeling like God is running late, what do you do when God runs late? Can I say that? Come on. I know people, some of you are like, that's heresy. God doesn't run late. Of course he doesn't run late. He's right on time, but a lot of times in our timetable, it feels like he's running late. And so I'm just going to give you four simple thoughts about when God is running late, you feel like there's a delay in your life. Verse six says this, at midnight, there was a cry that was heard. At midnight, there was a cry that was heard. Behold, Jesus is coming. Go out to meet him. The very first thought, very simple. God loves to show up in midnight moments. (laughs) Somebody laughed over there like, you're in one. You know what I'm talking about. God loves to show up in midnight moments. And I think often when it's midnight and it's the darkest moment in our life, we think that he doesn't want to show up. We think that he's forgotten about us. And it says that he showed up at a midnight cry. The only hope in a midnight moment that you and I have is actually crying out to God is actually crying out, going, Jesus, I need you to show up. I don't have any answers. I can't fix this on my own. And it says, go out to meet him. I just, I just want to say to you, God's going to show up in your midnight moment. He loves to show up at the last minute when you think there's no other hope to get all the credit, all the glory. He, he loves to show up and be announced in these midnight situations. And here's Jesus showing up in the midnight moment, showing up in someone's life. He does so much. He does so much when we cry out to him in the midnight moment. Come on, it's even built into creation. Come on, even a mother's, listen to me, a mother's milk, when a child cries, a mother's milk flows. It, it's designed, God designed it into creation. The creator of all the universe designed the human body that when there's a cry, sustenance flows. When there's a cry, provision flows. When there's a cry, nutrient flows. When there's a cry, he designed our life that way. And, and, and he knows, listen to me, he knows what you need. Some of us are too cool to cry. Some of us are too conditioned to cry. Yeah, I don't cry. I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't cry. I don't cry out for any. I, I can handle it. Some of us are, are too callous to cry. I don't, I don't care. I've been through too much, man. God, you, don't, I, you never showed up for me. God, you didn't show up last time. God, I can't. Uh, crying doesn't help. Crying's not gonna do anything for me. You know, sometimes we're just callous. Sometimes we're conditioned. Sometimes we're too cool. Sometimes we're too confident. I got this. And I think sometimes all those things in a midnight moment go away. And I just want to encourage you, if the creator of the universe designed a natural body to flow with nutrients when we cry out, how much more is he going to show up with the nutrients you need and the things that you need when you begin to cry out to him in a midnight moment? And the Bible says that they cry out, he's coming and he goes out to meet them. Listen, quit going out to meet the news. Quit going out to meet the Facebook and social media. Quit going out to meet everyone else's opinion. It says they go out to meet Jesus. Some of you are meeting with every other consultant and every other counselor. And you're not meeting with the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit because that condition in my condition in my moment is specific to me. You need, you need instructions for you. You need to say, okay, God, I need you in this moment in my life. And so I want to prophesy to somebody in here. If you're going through a midnight moment right now, God's about to show up. God is ready. God is on the scene. I know it feels like you've been in delay. I know it feels like, God, I don't know what you're going to do. Have you forgotten about me? You've obeyed. You've waited. You've been patient. Now you're beginning to wonder, God, do you care? God, do I need to do something else? Listen to me. It's not about what else you need to do. It's about who you're waiting on. It's about who you're waiting on. I'm waiting on God in my situation. There's these 10 characters and they all get hit with delay. God loves to show up in midnight moments. Listen, all experienced a delay, but only five expected a delay. We're all going to experience certain delays. Why does God love to show up in the midnight moment? Why does he show up late? Listen, not late, but not early. Come on, somebody. Why does he do that? Number two, very simple, because waiting reveals who we worship. Waiting reveals who I worship. Waiting reveals who you worship. And so there's these delays. There's always going to be a delay in your experience with God. And from the time you're, you're needing God to move. And I don't know how big that gap is. I, obviously, we like it to be shorter. Come on. But there's, there's always going to be a delay because waiting begins to reveal who you really are. Waiting begins to reveal who I really am. Who am I listening to? Who am I looking to? Who am I leaning on? Who am I believing in? Am I trusting God? You're going to move. Am I looking to you? Am I waiting on you? Am I trusting in you? Am I, or am I looking to something else? Am I worshiping something else? Am I worshiping my timeline or, or or my my family or my convenience or my ability or my comfort? And I think sometimes when we wait, it reveals that we worship the God that can actually move in strength and power and, when we wait in the right way. You ever experienced a dinner delay? Come on, I got a little, I got a little food right here. I, I, I've got, right here, I've got this cart and, and on it, someone went and got this meal from, uh, from Outback. We got filet mignon. Come on, somebody. We got mashed potatoes. We've got fresh veggies with a little squash and, and carrots and broccoli. That's my, listen, y'all know I can't eat that steak. I, I'd give it away to somebody, but they bought it last night. <laughs> They heated it up, though. It's been in the fridge. Uh, some of y'all are like, I'll eat it. I'm in college. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I would have, too. But, but here's the thing. Like, like filet I mignon. Mean, you ever had a dinner delay? And, and, like, it's being cooked, and you come home, and, and you're waiting on dinner, and you know there's some good stuff that's being cooked, and, and, and you experience a dinner delay. And then all of a sudden, like, you start doing crazy stuff and making up crazy concoctions from the pantry because you're facing a dinner delay and you're hungry. You, you, start, you start putting together like, like cashews and M&Ms and, and raisins and stuff. You're digging out stuff. You know, you've got filet sitting there being cooked on the grill, and, and, and you're trying to find a bag of Funyuns, somebody. Come on. You're like, you're, you know, God is cooking filet, and you're filling up on Funyuns. When, when we're in a delay, so often we want to just fill up on Funyuns. Come on, what does mama say? Don't ruin your... Many of you are in this delay right now when it comes to God, and you're wondering, uh, you know, can I make it? And God, you know what? I'm just too hungry. I can't wait. And you're filling up on funyuns. Do you know that it takes longer to cook filet? It takes some time to season and to heat that thing up, and to, and to put some salt and pepper and the right and let it marinate, and put it on the grill, and get it to the right temperature, right to medium rare. Somebody say yes in Jesus' name. Medium rare. Somebody like it's too bloody. Medium rare. You can't taste it if it feels like leather. Come on, and you and you and you and you are waiting. This is, God is getting filet ready for you, and, and and there's this waiting season. And I just want to encourage you. Like, who do you worship? Are you worshiping the God of Funyuns? Like, are you just filling up on fun? Are you just filling up on what, on, on, on frivolity? Are you just filling up on what, what makes you feel good? Are you just, or can you really know that God is up there cooking something special? He's actually doing something and designing something and seasoning something. He's a five-star chef, come on. He's got the Michelin Award every year, somebody. And he is preparing for you. And so as you wait, it reveals who you worship. Delay is not denial. It's not denial. And where you are right now, this layover you're in, is not the place you're going to land eventually. And I know it seems like you've been waiting a long time. Come on, when I tell my kids to wait, oh. Oh, I wish I could say that love and peace and joy and patience and goodness and kindness and self-control just flow. Oh, but no. No, no. Whining and yelling and complaining and griping and nagging and arguing and, 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 and fits back to arguing and nagging. Come on, somebody. And, 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 but I know with you and I, when God says, wait, we just have love, and joy, <laughs> peace, and patience, and goodness and gentleness just flow from our life. No, 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 no. What do you do and how do you respond when God says, wait? How do you react? I mean, what, what flows out of my life? What flow? I, don't, I don't like to wait. What does is, what is traffic reveal in your life? What does the Starbucks line reveal in your life? You ever see the person in the Starbucks line having to wait and their order's wrong and they're like... <laughs> They're huffing and their eyes are, don't be that person because we make fun of you in the line. We look at you and we say, you're not that important and it doesn't matter that much. And you don't have anywhere that big to be that you have to treat all of Starbucks like they had nothing. Like, come on, you can wait for a few minutes at Starbucks, right? I I think that waiting reveals who we are and who we worship. And God is saying, listen, wait on me to move in your spouse. Quit trying to use your strength to make them into your own image. God's trying to say, wait on me to work in your kids. Quit using worry to wonder, does God care? Wait on me, God's saying to fixing your finances, quit being savior in your finances, quit being savior in your relationships, quit being savior at your job, quit being savior when it comes to your boss, quit being, God's saying, wait on me, trust me, he's never, Chris, you said it today, he's won every battle, he's got a track record, he's never failed, you can look at his credit report, he's never given you a reason not to trust him that he's going to come through, and I know for me, I don't like to wait. And I just want to encourage you as you wait, come on, let God do some things in your life. Let him begin to get you ready. The delay you're in is not a denial. Don't give up. Don't give up. Come on. He shows up at midnight. Come on. Somebody, look, at, look at three people and say, fillets on the way. Yeah. Fillets on the way. Yeah. Fillets on the way. Come on, fillets on the way. I don't know. I wish I shouldn't have told you all this was. Somebody will eat this. I know that. See, he's got his hand up right there. Yes, baby. <laughs> Filet is on the way in your life. It's not denial. God is working. God is moving. I know it's a midnight hour. Come on, please hear me. Don't give up. The third thing, this is so important, as you wait, prepare before the predicament. You, there was five virgins that had oil, five that ran out, five that were ready, five that weren't ready. Five that were locked out, five that got stuck in a midnight moment, five that got stuck in a dark hour, five that had everything they needed. Come on, there are going to be problems. There are going to be predicaments. There are going to be persecutions. Yay. Welcome to church. There's gonna be there're gonna be these things. I'm not I'm not I can't sugarcoat it for you. It's in my life. It's in your life. There are gonna be things that we don't know how to overcome. I'm praying for you, brother. I love you. There're gonna be things. His son right now is in ICU still in Colorado, and 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 we're believing God with you and praying with you, Michael. And there are gonna be things we don't know how to get through. There're gonna be things that we can't navigate. And as and I know you, I know you're prepared. I wasn't planning on saying this. My wife said to me, "Michael's on the front row over there, and his son's still." And I see you fighting for his life. I wasn't going to put this in my sermon, but there's things that you're prepared for. You've already got the word in you. You've got faith in you. You've got God in you. You've got a church around you. You've got a front row seat. You've got a. You God's doing stuff in your life. I don't know the outcome. But I know God. I know who he is. And I know who you are. And I just think that we've got to prepare before the predicament. You can't prepare when the problem hits. Everything looks fine when life is easy. Everyone looks ready when life is easy. Front row. It's not easy. We're ready when when it's not easy. We're ready when it's not comfortable. We're ready when we're... When we think that there's no hope, you've got to get some stuff in you before the problem hits. Here's the thing. Listen to me. We want to be ready so we don't have to get ready. When there's a delay, when we're waiting on Jesus, when we're like, God, are you coming back? When pandemics are hitting the planet, when, when politics are ripping uh, families apart, and when, when friends don't know how to communicate any longer, and, and when, things are, when there's a problem, we got to be ready when there's when there's when there's forces of of darkness and evil ripping apart things in the planet i just as a church when we worship i want to i just want to say this to you every hand in this room should be raised as we worship god he's worthy for you to raise your hands and worship him mm. everyone of you should be singing at the top of your lungs those words that are on the screen. I don't know the words. They're on the screen. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you got to be ready. you got to be prepared before the problem. And it's not to be cool. It's not to be contemporary. It's not to fit in. Or pl- it's not to please me. It's to please Him, and it's to be prepared for when He's going to move and do and be who He's called to be in your life. I just feel an urgency today. Have you ever, have you ever just, like, listen, I've been camping and not had the right gear. Come on, somebody. you got to, I went camping with my son. The first Boy Scout trip, you're shaking your head, you know what I'm talking about. First, I, my son's first Boy Scout camping trip, I, I was an Eagle Scout. I hate to camp. I was an Eagle Scout. Like, my dad made me, I was forced to sleep in the ground. You know what I'm saying? And, and like, like I, I know how to do stuff. I know how to camp. I, I did it for years. Like, I've survived out in the woods with nothing, you know? <laughs> and I don't like it. I like the Hyatt. I like the Marriott. I like, I like buffet bars in the morning. I like all you. I don't want to look for food. I don't want to eat berries. I want to I eat. There's plenty of stuff I can have. I, I, I just, I went with my son, and I was going to, we're going to camp out. It's April. Listen to me. It's April. That's perfect. That's perfect weather. 18 degrees that night. I was the only dad out there freezing my face off. Okay, everybody else they looked at the weather report. Like they got Google, they got weather. You know what I'm saying? I didn't look at it. It's April. I wasn't prepared. I'm just encouraging you. You've got to get prepared. Here, here's a quick thought. I'm, I'm hoping this will help you. Uh, Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Many of you think faith is a feeling. And if you think faith is just, it's all going to work out. You think faith is just this kind of nebulous feeling. No, faith is a fact. The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for. I think we have a picture on the screen for you. And uh, it's a house, I believe. I'm not sure if they have it. But if you have it, look, check out. Let's see. Y'all have that picture? No, they don't have that picture. Listen to me. If you're believing God for a house, A beautiful house. There's your faith. I'm going to put faith and I'm going to find this house. We're believing. My family, we're believing. Even in a crazy inflated market where everything costs a million dollars, we believe in God. You know, that's faith. But the reality is that has to have some substance. The house has to be made of some blocks and some bricks. And you, and, and you want to believe or something, you got to get some screws and some nails. And you got to get some tools and some stuff that you're going to. Listen, faith is a fact. Faith is substance. When you say, I've got faith, I'm asking you to get prepared with your faith. You've put verses in. We've put the word in. You've got some healing. When you're asking God for healing, what, what verses do you know? What do you know about Jesus as a healer? We need substance. I'm believing for a job. You had not put one application in. Substance. I'm believing for a girl, you can't clean your room up. I'm talking, let me talk over here. I've been over, for some reason, I gravitate towards this side and y'all get hit all day long. You know what I'm saying? Let me just give some, some love over here. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm believing for a first date, you got to brush your teeth. I, I'm, I'm just, there's substance to our faith. It's not just everything's just going to work out everything's just going to be fine because there's midnight predicaments that show up and I want substance you need substance I believe in for substance and let me just be clear faith has to have substance to be a success but hear me the size of your faith doesn't matter the substance of your faith does Jesus says faith the size of a mustard seed what is our ultimate faith in him he's the ultimate substance He's the ultimate cornerstone. He's the capstone. He's the brick. He's the branch. He's he's everything. So ultimately, our substance is him. He's the one that gives us strength, hope, joy, faith, foundation, everything we need to continue to believe God. Are you all with me today? Man, I ask you to get ready. Come on, let's get some substance. Too many people face predicaments in marriage or money or health or identity crisis, and there's no substance. But I encourage you, figure out who's God, who, who God is in your life, what his word is in your life, what his promises are in your life. You know what the evidence is? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know what the evidence is? Promises that he's been good on. When he came through yesterday, when he finished the job in your life the last time, that's the evidence. The substance is him and the evidence is his promises. That's my faith. That's what my faith is in. And, and, and then the last thought, and I'm going to close up. This is so important. Your relationship with God is personal, but not private. Five get in, five don't. Five have oil, five don't. I'm out of time. Five go and ask their friend for oil. And their friends say, no, go get your own. Well, aren't you a Christian? Don't you care about my walk? Don't you care about my life? Don't you? Listen to me. A friend can shed light, but not share oil. I can shed light in your life. I can say verses. I can stand strong in faith, but I cannot give you my oil. You have to go to Jesus Christ. You have to get at the feet of God, and you have to let him pour oil into your life. I can shed light, but I can't share oil. And you have to have a personal relationship with God. Some of these virgins had lamps, but no light. They had external religion, but no internal light, no internal life, nothing burning on the inside from the Holy Spirit, no passion, no purpose, no, no desperation for God, nothing inside, The outward form of religion with no power on the inside, a form of godliness denying the power. That, like, we've gotta have the oil from the Holy Spirit of God. I can, I can shed light, but I can't share oil. And my relationship is not private. So many people I hear so often when it comes to faith, especially in the South, that's just a private relationship with Jesus. My faith is just private. No, 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 no. It's personal. It's not private. It's loud. It's personal. It's not private. When my, when my wife and I, listen, if you're in a relationship with somebody and they won't introduce you to your, their friends and family, there's a problem. That's the, some of y'all in them down low relationships. Come on, there ain't nothing. There should be no down low relationships in your walk with God. Come on, somebody. When my wife and I were dating, we weren't quite dating yet. Some of you heard this. We weren't quite dating yet. I was stupid, right? We weren't quite dating yet. And I was dragging it out. Not, not, I just didn't know. I, I was nervous. I'd never dated a godly woman. And we're, we're talking. We're not dating. We're talking and 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 the church was big and it was all these young ladies that wanted to date me <laughs> all these parents that wanted to set me up with their daughters you know it's a rough life filet every every weekend you know what i'm saying i'm just joking um, but there was this one family that wanted me to date their daughter wanted me to introduce me to their daughter but i'm i'm talking to sandra we're 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 talking and um but we, we had been private about it. We really, we didn't. She worked for the church. We didn't tell everybody. We were just talking. We were in small groups serving God together. And, and as, we're, as we're talking, this family invites me over for lunch one Sunday afternoon. But I've got this friend. And I knew there was more to it, but I didn't know really what yet. And so, and so they invite me to dinner at their house or lunch at their house after church. And I bring Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just bring her. I'm like, come on, we're going to lunch. Like I got show up. Everyone's confused at the party. You know what I'm saying? Like, every, I'm confused. That girl's family's confused. Sandra's kind of confused. You know what I'm saying? Here's the thing. Many of you are keeping your relationship with God private because you're keeping all your options open. And and you you still haven't decided, like, is he the only choice for me? Is he the all-in God for me? Is he going to be a a personal relationship but not a private relationship? Am I going to tell everybody about this Savior that did something and changed something and fixed something and healed something? Am I going to brag about the King of Kings for the rest of my life? And I would encourage you, don't keep that private. How do you know if you have oil? Pastor, how do I know if I've got oil? Is your light burning? Is it shining? Where you go? Do people see it? Five go to get in and Jesus says, I can't let you in. And listen, he's talking about lost versus saved, not Christians here. It's a picture of you getting the life of God in your life. There's a picture for some of us being prepared, like, like the five that were prepared. That's us. Come on, somebody. There's five that didn't even know God. They didn't have, they didn't have any internal life. I want to pray for you today. Maybe you need to get prepared. Maybe you're in a horrific delay and you're going, God, I'm going to pray for you, brother, today. We're going, we're, we're, we're. Maybe you're just waiting and going, God, I need you to put oil into my life. You know, the Bible says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, maybe some of you are running low on oil. I was driving down to uh, Atlanta several weeks ago and I, my car said, your car will not start in 100 miles. You're out, almost out of oil. I called my mechanic. I'm like, dear God, what kind of oil do I use in this thing? And what do I do? And where He tells me where to go, what to get, what to put in it. I do all that. And you know what I did? You know what I did? I bought extra quarts. And I keep them in the trunk now. I'm prepared. Some of you need to be prepared. I want to pray that God would fill you up in this delay. I want to pray that you'd come to know Christ. He says you can't get into the wedding unless you know him. He's not being judgmental. A wedding is no place for a stranger. The The doors of the wedding aren't to keep family in it's to keep strangers out and I just want to encourage you like maybe you need a fresh start with God today maybe you're in this place and you're going you know what I don't have oil I don't have the internal life of God I really don't have the life of God I need his life I need God the Bible says just simply ask Jesus to be your Lord you get a fresh start you get the life of God let's pray father thank you so much for today thank you for fillet I pray that right now, someone that's been in delay, that thinks you've forgotten them, you've abandoned them, you've walked out on them, someone that's been going, God, it's too long, it's too late, that you would show up tonight, you would show up today. I pray this word is a word for them today. I pray, the Lord, that as they struggle with maybe needing oil, that maybe they're running low and they feel like, man, I'm just empty. God, fill them with your spirit today. Fill them with preparation today. Let your word come alive to them today, God. Lord, I pray against the funyan spirit. I pray that we wouldn't just fill up on Funyuns and we wouldn't just do whatever we wanted, that we would know that you are the answer, that we would run out to meet you, that we would be bold enough to cry out to you today. Lord, help me to cry out to you and not look to every other, every other direction, but look to you. I pray, Lord, we can look to you today. Lord, make a difference today in someone's life. Give someone breakthrough today, someone that's been in delay. God, show up tonight. Show up this moment. If you're in this place, no one looking around, just for a second, if you'd say, you know what, pastor, I I don't know if I'd get into the wedding. I I don't know if I have the life of God. I, I need a fresh start with Jesus. The Bible says this simply, listen to me. There's nothing you can do. You don't have to clean your life up or fix yourself. All you've got to do is say, yes, Jesus, I need you. The Bible says, if you would give your life to Jesus and make him the leader of your life, that you get a fresh start in God. No one looking around. I'm not gonna embarrass you or make you come forward. But if you're in this place and you'd say, you know what, I need a fresh start. I'm gonna be honest, I need a fresh start with God today. Would you just put your hand up to me right now? Pastor, pray for me. I need a fresh start this morning. I need Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. God bless you. Thank you for your boldness. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Come on, church, people, family members are saying yes right now to Jesus as their Lord. The most important decision we could ever make. I'm gonna pray for us right now and If you put your hand up, just pray this prayer with me. If you didn't and you need to, put your heart up right now. Father, thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying on that tree for me, taking all my sin, all my shame, all my regret, all my failure and nailing it to that tree. Thank you, God, for coming back from the grave. And I ask you today to pour your spirit into me, give me a brand new heart, make me alive, part of your family for the rest of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, I'll serve you. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, give God praise this morning. Love y'all. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.